How's it going? Uh, you know, full of fear. Uh, we're finally in an avatar, the wave water post wave water world. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, so I have nothing else to live for. How are you um, feeling? I know this is kind of this is basically why we got on the Zoom call. Uh, yeah, no, actually, we didn't. We actually don't intend on recording an episode today. You just you decided it would be a better idea for me to record my feelings on Avatar The Way of Water and, you know, Therapy how... is so expensive and BetterHelp is a scam. So I figured, you know, just unload on me. You saw it. Yeah. What did you think? And um, did it live up to expectations? It was... Last 45 minutes were pretty good. Um, I now own a um, collectible popcorn bucket that I'm holding here in my hand uh, from Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, I bought it at the movie theater. It was $25 because I'm a fucking sucker. Uh-huh. Um, and you turn it on and it uh, it's flashes bright blue. Um, okay. Let me see if I can turn off my rack. Is this for real? Here. Is this? Sorry, stepping out of the bit for a second. Is that a for real item you're describing? I'm about to show it to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. <It's- laughs> bright blue and it it lights up the whole room when you turn it on wow okay that's incredible um so did it can i ask you a follow-up question to this incredible reveal yeah what did it screen out your sorrow what the fuck are you oh oh that's right we're doing yeah um welcome to pick up something good and load on prestige podcast about steely dan uh, that was a bit. I'm not going to talk about Avatar: The Way of Water uh, because I am. Under yeah, you are. Yeah, you I'm, are. I'm Shut under the fuck up. Yeah, you are. I'm under court order not to. <laughs> oh, okay, good. They finally I... got around to that. <laughs> uh, and we've got some friends around today because yeah. we're talking about a big album. Well, big two big albums. albums. We're big talking albums. about. This is like, imagine if we had done In Rainbows followed by In Rainbows 2, the album that came out we didn't cover on Picking Up Something Good. Imagine basically if James Cameron released Avatar 1, the way of just regular avatars. The way of forest. The way of forest. I guess, yeah, because they're going by biome. So then, yeah, and then then he released the second one like right after. It'd be like that, but for podcasts. But we have two friends helping us because... Uh, we like these albums a lot, and if it was just Mace and I, it would be four hours of us going, oh, this sounds so good. Too. Yeah, this fucks. This fucks. Wow, this, that, that would be us slaps. for four hours. So, please, introduce yourselves, friends of the show. Let's uh, enter, entering the ring, Alex Riggs. Hello, folks. Hello. I apologize for laughing very hard because <laughs> Maze, uh, when Maze showed the ball that glowed, he just kind of clipped in with the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People can't tell, but I have uh, a raccoon VTuber on Zoom right now. Yeah, and you're on the beach and you sort of your raccoon self faded away and in popped you with a beret on holding a glowing <laughs> blue bucket. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I ever did see. And uh, that's the perfect segue into our other guest, our other friend Rose. How's it going? Hello, Hi. Rose. Oh, it's going good. Going good. We've been so, meaning to have you on this podcast for a while. Yeah, I I think we had there. I was supposed to come on when we were talking about King of Limbs, or when you oh, were yeah. talking about King of Limbs, but and that life was happened. in like 2016. 
ages you know, ago. The the election was about to happen and everything just got so hectic. I think it's out. Uh, so I like well, you know what, Rose? You can come on for King of Limbs too. <laughs> the one this where the king has more, more limbs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the natural evolution of the king of limbs. Obviously, is more limbs. Hey, you wouldn't real- be much of a king if you had less. Yeah. Quick question. Yeah. Why haven't you guys fucking covered the Smile album? Oh, uh, we're oh. we're um um. Hmm. Wait, the Brian Wilson album? Yeah. <laughs> Brian Wilson presents Smile. Brian Wilson presents the Smile. Oh, we haven't covered the Smile album because Johnny Greenwood's wife is transphobic. Oh fuck off! Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. So right. that I don't know if we even like covered that of just kind of like, huh? They really just dropped Radiohead all of a sudden and then didn't do a show for a year and then came back with Steely Dan out of nowhere. Well, we finished um, watching. Fuck, I didn't know we that finished Radiohead at the time. Well, at the time it was just because we finished Radiohead, but then yeah, the smile and then that happened. We were just like, well, it's not like we're cont- you know, it's it's like Johnny didn't do anything, but it's like, well, what if he goes all JK Rowling on us and then I, I just didn't want it, we just you know how we didn't what, what was we didn't want to be covering Radiohead just... legacy in a year. <laughs> Radiohead online. Yeah, so we picked a an a, a band with uh completely unproblematic material a completely unproblematic band with no terrible with no weird stuff going on (laughs) at all the first song on the second album that we're going to talk about yeah but that song is kind of a that song is kind of about the person who's singing it rather rather than like a judgment on any younger people that song is about people who uh, date younger people and why they're kind of idiot creeps. See, yeah. that's the th- the thing is, is, we haven't started talking about the song properly, so you could be talking about a number of Steely Dan songs. <laughs> I was going to say, there are so many Steely <laughs> Dan songs. That's what I that love are just about that. this fucking band, is that the, they write songs about creeps so good. Um, let's get into it, I guess, because we all, we're all dying to talk about Hold it. Hold on, wait, I wait, think... wait, 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 before we start. Oh. Whoa, before okay. we start. I have something to say about skunk real quick. I don't have a like a skunk corner to give you. Like uh, a mini skunk corner? At a skunk I, date? Oh, actually, no. I, okay, I think I know what you're about to talk about. This is a huge skunk corner. I don't know what you're talking about. This is enormous. Welcome welcome to the biggest skunk corner of the whole fucking series so far. Alex, Rose, welcome. How, how do you feel about skunk before we get into yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I need a reminder of who skunk is. Jeff Skunk Baxter. Jeff Skunk Baxter. Former uh, guitarist of Steely Dan when they were uh, a, a quintet. And also, um, like, weapon, like, weapons expert. And then when, yeah, and then he... Demolitions <laughs> yeah. expert. What? While he was in the... Do- or I think while slash after he joined the Doobie Brothers, because Steely Dan stopped touring, and he's like, I'm the skunk, baby, got a tour. That's what he said. <laughs> when he went... <laughs> that was the last thing he said to Steely Dan. Um... <laughs> And then he uh, had a guy who knew about rockets and he's like, here, here's a rocket magazine. And he's like, boy, I should do this for the government. And then that's what Skunk did. So how but do you it's feel weird. About that, Rose? You would expect him to do it for like the Trump administration. No. <laughs> it's all Obama. Uh, I just feel very conflicted about this. Okay, so you feel normal about skunk. <laughs> I also feel very normal about skunk. I do like that someone probably called him skunk, and he was like, you know what? I'm rolling with this. See, and that's the other thing about him is that he has not revealed the true origins. He keeps teasing, like, it'll be in my book. 
I'm I'm so I'm dying to know. Gee, I wish there was like, I wish I could just like talk to him and maybe ask him why he's called Skunk. Wouldn't that be cool, Mace? Yeah, that'd be fucking great because apparently he does podcasts. He does <laughs> nobody podcasts that have like three listeners. We have seven. Yeah, that's big time for Skunk. We this whole time we could have gotten Skunk on, but we would have to make him promise not to. Uh, listen to any of the episodes where you call him a piece of shit for doing well we didn't really we just it's all in good fun listen this is uh this this ain't pod save america we clown on picking up something good yeah we clown we clown um we um you know we're all the four of us here are all good conservatives um we we very take seriously the fight of uh, against terrorism yeah, we take, so yeah, a, we I'm take, a very, I'm a very I very take man. seriously it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We all take seriously the fight against uh, terrorism. Uh, so, Skunk, come on, uh, come on in. Welcome down. To we're anti communist. Skunk, come on over. We uh, hate uh, those commies and their, uh, ooh, they hate freedom. I, I, would I love, hate that about them. <laughs> I would love for you to show me uh, how to fire a nuclear weapon, Skunk. Yeah, I actually am kind of. Uh, kind of like perversely interested missiles so like yeah talk about missiles anyway so yeah. we're trying to have them on that's our skunk corner that's our that's our skunk plea it wasn't it was more of a skunk <laughs> plea than a skunk corner uh yeah. anyway let's talk about asia yeah a, 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 an <laughs> album that i don't think he appears on he has stopped listening <laughs> he has he has closed quick, the podcatcher real quick do y'all remember there okay real quick sorry sorry to postpone to push all this but like that just reminded me of do y'all remember when uh jack black did a uh recorded plea to led zeppelin to allow to allow them to use immigrant song in school of rock no yeah i remember seeing this (laughs) yeah so this was back when led zeppelin was like they just notorious for not letting any of their music be licensed so interesting yeah so on the set School of Rock, they like on like a rock stage with a giant crowd. Jack Black is recording to the camera. Please, this movie needs immigrant song. It's important <laughs> for the movie. Um, and it's a really impassioned plea and the audience is screaming. And that's how that song's in the movie. I, wow. Oh, I thought it ended with uh, no, Jack Black wasn't allowed to use it still. <laughs> Led Zeppelin sent a, a letter that just simply said, fuck off. Well now, well, now that song's in fucking everything. Now that song was in like Shrek 8 or whatever. I had to hear it in fucking Thor Ragnarok. I had to hear it in a Taika Waititi movie, which is worse than having to watch a Taika Waititi movie. <laughs> See, that's why I was like surprised when you said they were like, they never licensed it. I was like, really? There was a, there was a time they well, didn't then do they that? Did that? Then they did that like one-off quote-unquote reunion show. And then I think they were like, you know what? Money. Yeah. Yeah. Money. Good. We want some more. They, I wish uh... Steely Dan would let us license uh, the song that we use as our theme song, Black Cow, track one on Asia. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, so... let's, let's hope they're cool with that. But yeah, speaking of Asia, the, the album we've been talking about the whole time, we're covering it. It came out uh, 1977, about a year and a couple months after the Royal Scam. And they're well, just pumping these out. Holy shit. And like this one, this one has like just the ultimate dream team of session musicians. Something changed. Something happened. There was a vibe shift. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was like that tweet at the beginning of 2020 that was like something just shifted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that person, yeah, incredible. That um, person that caused COVID. Uh, basically, with that tweet of like something weird's about to happen, and everyone's <laughs> like, ah, I'm superstitious now about tweets, and I'm like, yeah, okay, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But something happened here. There was like, a, you know, the Royal Scam. It's not like out of nowhere because the Royal Scam was pretty, pretty smooth and funky. Right. Yeah. It was pretty sexy. And uh, but it it felt it wasn't bad. We both liked it. Yeah. Um, what, do, what, do, what are your uh, what are your both? Uh, what are both of your feelings about the uh, Royal Scam? Do you have thoughts on that? And we're not but talking I- about Parliament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good album, bad album cover. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Horrible cover. Horrible. I think this might actually be the one of I haven't listened to this one. I haven't listened to Pretzel Logic. These are the only two I haven't heard yet. Oh, Pretzel Logic and Royal Scam. Yeah, you're not yeah. missing out on Pretzel Logic, Rose. Don't worry. Ooh, I, Pretzel Logic has some good songs. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it does. That's the thing. It, it we we yeah. That was our that was my conclusion at least with it. Of like, yeah, it's got some good songs. I don't think it's not like the full uh, as a package, like as an album, as a listening experience. Wasn't great for me. But but here's where Asia comes in. This is like a fully formed thing. This right. is like such a yeah. like the album as a as a as a thing of art. There are like zero East St. Louis Toodaloo's on here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's there's no and I'm sorry, Midnight Cruiser. Alex, you you didn't oh. like you didn't like my my dislike of of Midnight Cruiser, uh, but it's. It's my second favorite Steely Dan song. My favorite Steely Dan song is on this album. Oh, okay. Ooh, I'm excited to get there. But yeah, something happened. Something shifted. And I think part of it is who they got to record. So they had bassist Chuck Rainey on since Pretzel Logic. Uh, Walter Dan Becker uh, did most of the bass work before Pretzel Logic. He met Chuck Rainey who is actually one of the most recorded bass players in the history of recorded music, not an exaggeration. What? Yeah, he has played yeah. bass on more than a thousand albums. What? Yep. Yeah, yep. Chuck Rainey's a fucking legend. It's crazy we haven't like gotten into him, but I think this is a good this is a good time to get into Chuck Rainey when we're talking, we're getting into Asia. Bro, um fuck they might be giants. <laughs> we're doing Chuck Rainey after this. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely keep you going for a while. I know every every person who worked uh, as a as a session musician could have their entire an entire show onto themselves. But Chuck Rainey is is an incredible bassist to the point where Walter Becker he met he meets Chuck Rainey gets him to play on on Pretzel Logic and he says in an interview I'm going to paraphrase something the extent of like well I decided at that point it it didn't make sense for me to bring in my bass guitar (laughs) like he was just like okay well he's the bassist now. Because <laughs> he's just that good. So he's on here. Uh, let's talk about Black Cow. This is a good introduction to who I'm about to talk about. So Chuck Rainey's playing bass on Black Cow. Black Cow fucks. Guess, Black yeah. Cow goes. Look, look what I got, folks. I uh here's my prop that I oh yeah. Made. I uh made a black cow. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh, shit. So tell so, us about it. So yeah, this is a good, yeah. Tell us about Black Cow. So Black Cow is uh, a variation on root beer, uh, condensed milk or milk or cream and bourbon. And that's it. Wow. Fuck. I I made this a while ago. There's still ice in it. I haven't tried (laughs) it yet. So y'all are going to get my uh, initial uh, first reactions to a Black Cow. Oh, that rules. 
live. Got a metal straw too. Hell yeah. Yeah, that tastes that's just that tastes like a root beer float, baby. <laughs> oh man, that sounds good. <laughs> oh I got tastes my like the 70s. Cow, but I'm not getting out of here. Oh, Can you imagine rules. if you had led the episode up to be like, oh, I'm drinking my big black cow and I'm getting out of here. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, I I, I, I want to hear uh, everyone else's thoughts before I get into it. Yeah, yeah, same. Oh, so I guess, uh, Rose, you go first. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I I mean, I love it. This is definitely uh, my favorite like intro show. It's... yeah. Uh, the only real note, though, is that lyric-wise, I just, I would prefer it if the singer was a little less judgmental. Let me enjoy my root beer float. You know what? Yeah. yeah. I won't get out of here. I'm taking my time. He's so like, yeah, drink your big black cow. Yeah, get out of here. You get that vibe from him. But I, well, it's like, I, I get the sense that uh, this is personal for the singer, the, uh, the that perspective. But yeah, it's like, hey, no, who sure. are you to get off? <laughs> they, on they, they don't my drink anything cow. hard. They come over here drinking girl drinks like a root beer float. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Dave I'm... Foley and that kids in the hall sketch. Oh, yeah. Getting girl drunk. <laughs> <laughs> girl drink drunk. Yeah. Girl drink drunk. Uh, this actually reminds me. This song reminds me of two things, uh, two very esoteric things. Um, so black cow the song when nikki sent me the um the the you know the the mp3 that comprises our theme song i was like oh that just sounds like black cow like they nailed that cover uh also because it sounds like passport.mid uh the windows <laughs> uh midi <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, tr- I tried to take Black Cow and what if it sounded bad and had Christmas bells? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's Steely Dan Sember. Uh, that, was my, that was my concept. But yeah, no, it's hard to make it sound bad, though, because it kind of still sounds Fox. pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, thing, the thing about Black Cow is that it sounds like the most fun MIDI you've ever included with Windows 95. <laughs> yeah. Well, because of the clavinet. That yeah. clavinet is what makes oh, that. God, yeah. The, the clavinet that backs up the bass guitar. Can I tell you who plays the clavinet? Yes. I've been dying to tell you who plays the clavinet on Black Cow. It's my man, Joe Sample. Holy shit. Oh, the I inventor of samples. The inventor Damn. of sampling. No, this guy. <laughs> sample man. The sample man. He the is CEO also the CEO of sampling. <laughs> he was one of the founding members of the Jazz Crusaders. This has come up before. Uh, Steely Dan has has hired members of the Jazz Crusaders before. They were like the pie, one of the pioneers of like jazz fusion in the '60s, along with like Miles Davis and stuff. Oh, what's that, Miles Davis? Oh yeah, Joe Sample also worked with him. Oh, fuck and uh, yeah, just everyone basically. God damn, the keyboardist and composer. Have the Jazz Crusaders put out? Holy shit, a lot. They've been together <laughs> oh since the '60s. Goodness. Yeah, I've um, never listened to them. I'm gonna listen to them today. Make that make that a thing, yeah. And also, he's worked with the Rippingtons, my favorite Weather Channel ass jazz band. With the cat, um, yeah, with the, the fucking cat. The thing about the Jazz Crusaders is that, like, after a while, they made so many albums that there was nobody left to convert to jazz. <laughs> they got them all. <laughs> you got us all, guys. <laughs> the second thing that uh, Black Cow reminds me of is uh i guess and it, we're gonna we're gonna get into drink talk a little further here oh yeah uh, it reminds me of uh this milkshake that you can get at downtown disney uh <laughs> at this place called black tap uh black tap is a going chain disney fan on us all of a sudden no no no, no. it's a chain it's a chain all i just of a sudden? Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I regularly episode. discuss. <laughs> My boy at Disney, like all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm going next week. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I uh, it's it's this place called Black Tap that you can order a um, drink and you can order like uh, what they call crazy shakes. Uh, and the shake that you can order, I think there might be one called the Black Cow, but if, if it's not called the Black Cow, I'd be surprised. Um, you should tell them about it if it's not. They'd be like, hey, this should be about Steely Dan. <laughs> you order one of these, and I swear to God, it is a waste of... Your stomach will hurt looking at it. Uh, uh-huh. It is a chocolate shake with Oreo-like little Oof. leave-ins. Hold on, I'm not even there yet. <laughs> My stomach already hurts. I'm lactose it is, intolerant. It's like in a like a double size milkshake cup, and then on top of that is whipped cream. On top okay. of that is more Oreo crumbles. On top of that is an entire <laughs> slice of chocolate cake. Oh fuck Jesus! Fuck and then on top of that is. Uh, like a scoop of chocolate ice cream. It's already done. You put the cake on it. Leave it alone. <laughs> Unnecessary. Oh my god. That's like just. Can I like live? Let me live. Can I drink this or eat this? What do you want me to do with this? Absolutely I got one. Fuck off. I'm not. No, I don't. I got one for my birthday last year, and no, it was like I yeah. couldn't finish it. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course not. How could you? That's a fun birthday thing to get and then go halfway through and be like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> There's one that has like a whole massive Oreo on it. And see, that's fuck. Yeah, that's and that's not that's... something you can like. Can I put this in a doggy bag and have it later? Because it's like it's going to be all goopy and melty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I I made the mistake of drinking that. And now every time I do, I think of Steely Dan. <laughs> so do you compare how how does the song compare to that? black cow honestly experience. like the one alex was drinking just now looks a lot better than this insane like because yeah, it's a drink for people for actual <laughs> human adult people and that is what black cow the song is all about i think also i wanted to shout out i thought it was really funny <laughs> the guy who plays sax on black cow is named tom scott and every time he comes up in the credits i think of the youtuber tom scott being like i'm standing here in the studio with steely dan playing the sax I don't it's know very who funny Tom to me. Scott is. He's just some like clickbait YouTuber. That oh yeah, I he's just, a British guy. Just, I yeah. found him from a meme where he just on co-host people put him places. Apparently, yeah, you don't he goes you don't need to, to know any more about British people. He just goes to places and stands there, and that's <laughs> I was thinking about the meme. It's not important. When anyway. you said Tom Scott, I thought you meant Feature Man. Feature I man. for some reason I thought Feature Man was named Tom Scott, the old man on YouTube. You know, the, the really old guy who, like, does no. the, the, the watermelon balling? Are you talking about Gallagher? No, <laughs> I, no, That's no. the only old man with, with watermelons that I know about. I'm talking about Tom Willette, feature man. I don't fucking he, know. I've never. He's the saddest man on earth uh, because he used to be an actor and a singer. And um... <laughs> why are we talking about him? He's so sad. Because <laughs> I thought you'd talk about the same guy. He OK, he lives in Nashville now. Um, he uh, lives. He sits in his house ever since COVID, and eats. Um, so do I. And eats canned foods. So do I. He's not special. So <laughs> no, that's what it, I've been doing since 2020. Uh, Get in line, buddy. Anyway, we gotta talk oh, about the title track. It's I'm way sadder some... because it's way sadder because he's old. Wait. <laughs> Why the okay. Fuck are you Hold on. This guy? I know who Tom Willett is. I didn't realize he was the feature man. I just know that name because I've watched way too many of those Big Top Burger episodes, and he's one of the voice actors <laughs> yeah, for he's, that. He's in it. 
right. I don't know. I don't know these guys. <laughs> I'm supposed to be teaching you about guys. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to artificially lengthen this episode. <laughs> it's not necessary, please. <laughs> uh, I love Black Cow. It's going to be long. Pose <laughs> is correct. I think it's a fucking fantastic opener. And it weirdly, what else would go next? But Asia, the title track of the album. Uh, what are we thinking about Asia? Oh, this this kicks ass. It's kicks so ass. beautiful. It's yeah. just a gorgeous song. This is the longest Steely Dan song uh, as of their, um, you know, before they broke up uh, after Gaucho. Spoilers. Really? I would say it's their paranoid oh. android. It's their paranoid android. Yeah, this is a, I think it's like eight minutes. Yeah, it's about eight minutes. It's like right under eight minutes Basically, long. Yeah. Um, this is a mashup of, not a mashup. I mean, they. They did a pretty good job stitching it all together. But this was a bunch of songs they were working on, and they were just like, yeah, what if we just like uh, went uh, big with this one? Yeah, that was like the primary method of songwriting in the 70s. Uh, Fleetwood Max The Chain was written the same way. Yeah. You, oh, you, wow. could t- you could tell me that, and I'd believe it, because <laughs> there's it's weird to think of this as like a stitched together kind of song because everything just flows so beautifully right yeah exactly um this it's just like everything comes together so well and there's a there's a lot of really distinct parts that are um like you like they (laughs) just this is why we needed guests because i like this album too much and i just stutter and go it's good um but no music good music good no this is this is there's a lot of parts and there's a lot of people working together to make all of this work i mean the reason they had all of these like big names and there's a lot of big names on this song too that i haven't gotten to yet um that uh i think it was uh walter dan becker himself that was just like we made an album that we needed to hire the best people in the world at that instrument to play for us (laughs) like even we we were just like I can't play this. We need to find someone who can play this. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of just like bringing in the best people, the one that always stands out to me is that Wayne Shorter is in this one. Yes, like that's true. One of the best saxophone players mm. of all time. Wayne fucking Shorter, member of Miles Davis's second quintet. Quintet? quintet I, don't, yeah. I don't know. And then co-founder of Weather Report. They get Wayne fucking Shorter to do this. To, the. Uh, fucking transcendent uh saxophone solo in asia it blows my mind every time do you know what the song is about though no it's a little weird uh because according to steely dan uh to steely dan fagan song from theirs can be about anything (laughs) asia is about um it was inspired by a korean woman named asia which are already getting a little (laughs) um Mm. the Wife of a friend's brother and the romantic sort of image evoked by her name. The track, he says, is about the tranquility that can come of a quiet relationship with a beautiful woman, hmm. uh, which is, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting, I guess. Well, I mean, it's 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 hard to say what, what this sounds like about, really, you know? Like, yeah. That's, it's an interesting inspiration, but, like, what is this song about? They, they're getting, like, actually kind of, like... Like Black Cow is like very like, ah, you're cheating on me and I saw you at the bar and you're getting high. And that's like clear. And Asia, they, they, they get not only they're getting a little I don't want to call it prog rock because it's not. It's still very smooth no. jazz, but they're getting like they're getting weird. They're getting weird with it. I like it. I do want to know what Chinese music is, though. It's got Un- angular banjos, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I don't I don't know exactly. But this song, I mean, there's so much we talked about Wayne Shorter in the saxophone solo, right? um he uh, he he nails it 
I don't know what to tell you there. I, it's he he really. I mean, there's a lot of parts that elevate this, but he really elevates this. The other thing that elevates this is the drummer. Fuck I gotta yes. <laughs> holy shit! I gotta shout out Steve fucking Gad. This guy, just to give you, just to give you his credentials. Other notable recording from him: drummer on the hustle. Hmm. God damn. Yeah, he drummed on the hustle. Also, he's Josh Gad's dad, right? <laughs> is he? No. I don't know. No, he's I, not. I, well, like... I was gonna, I was gonna let Nikki finish their uh, list of things that he was on. Before, no, that was it. I was just like, before, that's all he before needs. Before I, b- before I made a Josh Gad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says. I mean, he's worked with everyone. He's worked with Kate Bush, Chick Corea, Christopher Cross. Anyone? Oh, nice. fuck yeah. Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, Quincy Jones. Well, Quincy Jones worked with everybody. That's just a given. Yeah. That's not a put down. That's just like, well, yeah, of course he's worked with Quincy Jones. He's good. Uh, Just everyone. Yeah. Chuck Mangione, let's fucking go. That feels so good, baby. That does feel feel so good. Good about that. I do. I really do. Shout out to Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Chuck, uh, Chuck, not Chuck, Steve Gadd. There's so many guys, right? Uh, He did this his drum parts he had he had he would uh the part where he it was designated for him to just improvise right right the the big drum solo at the end it took yeah. him two takes it took him two takes and they were edited together uh in the final mix which apparently took the engineer from remembering correctly like six months to put this song together <laughs> whoa i could have i could have done it in one still issue (laughs) r.i.p to him but i'm different (laughs) yeah uh walter dan becker says his part was not written we discussed the tune a little bit and by virtue of his musicianship he just knew what to do he recalls telling him just to play like hell through the part that became the saxophone solo as well so like so there's the end drum solo where he goes to town there's also that part where he's going to town but it's also supporting that incredible Wayne Shorter solo. That's the part that makes me want to shit my pants. I love that. I love it so much. Yeah, holy fuck. <laughs> uh, he, he once told a jazz critic in 95, the session went real smooth. That's such a jazz drummer thing to say, isn't it? Real smooth. Ah, real smooth. Um, according to some person, I don't know who, I can't look at the thing right now. Gad's playing uh, during the session was so visually appealing that some of the other players became distracted and had to re-record portions of their parts later. Yeah, I would too. I mean, imagine watching that solo, those solos, and then just put, you just have to put down your trumpet or whatever and go, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I can believe this. I was listening to this album again last night while I was cooking, and during that part, definitely had to stop what I was doing just to go, good lord, how good is that? <laughs> yeah, no, you do kind of just have to take it in. Oh. Yeah, I was driving actually yesterday um, up to a holiday party, and when the uh, I was listening to Asia, and when the drum solo came out, I just let go of the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. <laughs> you just let Wayne Shorter decide. <laughs> you let go of the wheel. Did you make it to the party? Yeah, I made it. Okay, that's the sheer power of Steely Dan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I let there's... go for the rest of the drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I. Uh... I love this song. This mm-hmm. is one of their greatest things. There's so much I want to talk about that I want to f- before. It. I'm afraid I'm going to forget something I want to talk about. Um, this is the last appearance of Danny Diaz. 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 We haven't uh, figured out how to say his last name exactly, but 
actual founder of Steely Dan before Steely and Dan took over the band, essentially. The fucking inventor of Denny's? He's done the it invent- for this? The inventor of Denny's. This is the final appearance on this track uh, of our good friend Denny. Wait, um, was there like any sort of like um, like drama? No, no, it just it just happened to be that this was this was the work he did on the album and mm. they didn't have him on for the other songs that continued. Oh, and he wasn't oh. on Gaucho. So it was it was just like, yeah, no, it was like uh, they were like Skunk also worked on uh, on a couple tracks after he left the band to be on the Doobie Brothers. It was more just like like, I don't want to be you guys do Steely Dan in a really specific way. And I'm doing another thing. Is this more is the was, only band that has a completely drama free, like quitting thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, when, when I was like looking up the history of this band and the people who are in it, I'm like trying to find I'm, I don't want there to be drama and I don't want there to be like yeah. uh, acrimony or anything. But like, it's weird to have a band completely made up of dudes and there just not be any kind of big ego matches or like yeah. knockout drag out fights about like like when you see that Wilco documentary and they're arguing about the fucking noise transitions between <laughs> heavy metal drummer and uh ashes of american flags and there's none of that as far as i can tell yeah, there's not there's not like a big blow up, you know, their breakup was, you know, not I, it's weird to call it a breakup even. Right. They just were kind of like, you know, Steely and Dan were were basically like, listen, we don't want to tour anymore, um, but we're going to keep doing this thing. You guys want to like play on tracks. That's cool. But like, you know, you 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 seem you want to tour. And they were like, yeah, we want to tour. OK, good luck with Steely Dan. Mr. Steely and Mr. Dan. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and even there was, there was some, we'll get it. We'll get to it. When we talk about Gaucho, there is some tension between uh, Steely and Dan uh, a little bit starting with Asia. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, they got back together. Yeah. Yeah. It was more just kind of like, I get the sense that their, their tension sort of towards the end of, of, of the, the first part of Steely Dan's career was more just like, Hey, can we just like take a break for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, it it happens when you are, you know, like you, when you do something like namely a podcast with somebody for a really long time <gasps> and you want to stab each other uh, in the throat and wow. then uh, you come back a year oh, later and you're like, just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I see. <laughs> that that um, didn't happen. Nikki and I. <laughs> no, we're good. No. Uh, but yeah, and the same thing with our good friend, Denny. That didn't happen at all. He was just, you know. This is doing other stuff. He uh, so it was uh, Dan, uh, guitarist Larry Carlton, who they've been working with for the past couple albums, and Denny. All three of their guitar bits were kind of edited together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about it. After you listen to the Asia episode of this podcast, I need you, listener and guests, if you haven't seen it or if you've seen it, you should watch it again. The 1999 classic albums Asia documentary. Yes, it's so good. It's I so have never f- seen this. Oh my god, you gotta watch it! It's so good. Are you busy later? Do you want to just watch it together? I'm not doing anything. Uh, I might be, but we'll oh. see. Wow. Okay, Mister <laughs> Mister Hollywood's too busy to watch a movie with his friend. Uh, no, but uh, no, it's really good. Uh, you should watch it. He mentions Denny, uh, recalling the song being particularly challenging. 
claiming, quote, its very existence is a contradiction. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when have you ever heard a song on a rock and roll record that absolutely cannot be played on a guitar? <laughs> this isn't said in frustration or anger. This is said in like, I don't know how these boys did it. Kind of yeah. that kind of tone. It's said uh, in sadness. <laughs> no, no. It's in sort of like quiet awe of like, how'd they do it? Uh, he cited clusters where the notes are so close together that you can't stretch your fingers far enough to get all the notes out at the same time and open voicings that are so wide apart you can't reach those notes. <laughs> it's great. And that long solo during the song's big instrumental break, that's him. And that's his last, that's his send off. He gets a big like goodbye solo, which I think is beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. What a this song. The, yeah, that's incredible. This, I, it's great. How else could, goodbye Denny. It's been nice. Hope you find your paradise. It's a different band. Um, <laughs> anyway, I love it. Anything else? I just, I'm in awe. I'm yeah. like, I, I am like one of those. I'm, I'm Denny right now. Uh, y'all are saying <laughs> way more important shit. And I'm just like, that's fucking wow. wild. <laughs> I was going to say, this comes up when I was doing like a little bit of reading into the song. But like the big thing that I noticed being like a poet and a writer was just how often in Asia specifically, they really create a sense of sense of warmth through the use of like combos of alliteration and assonance. This is going like deep in the writing, songwriting and like lyric. Oh, writing no, we, we don't ever get that deep into shit. Uh, like, especially with lyrics. This is good. What, yeah. Tell me more about what musicians. that means. <laughs> so this definitely, this definitely shows up like when you look at it on the uh, Wikipedia and like genius and stuff, but even just like listening to the lyrics, there's a lot of same usage of like longer vowel sounds that kind of draw out things and make things kind of purposely mm. slowed down. Um, And then like specifically using a lot of like TH, and like uh di like dime dancing is one of the lines that always sticks out to me is really good at creating just like yeah it's like good little peppering of oh yeah that makes sense. It like a nice little i don't know to huh. me it's like uh no, it's almost like using like symbols in a percussion set to me it's just like nice little chiming bits of lyricism I I really gotta I, I've been trying to get more into lyric writing because the lyrics are never the focus when I'm writing my own music but you know I think about stuff like that where you can put in that much detail and thought into the lyrics, which they clearly have here. I mean, that's just nuts. Right. That's so cool. Why am I not doing stuff like, like that? There's only three verses. Right. Yeah. Eight minute long song. There's only three verses here, but they're like, and they're long. There's there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot of words in this song. But no. Like there's that repetition of up on the hill which i find very poetic yeah the, like that always starts the the next verse what rose was saying like i'm looking at these uh i'm looking at these lyrics right now and they're really they really are just that kind of brand of a lyric that is so short and simple that it actually hits much harder than anything trying to be uh too flowery or too uh poetic right yeah mm. Damn. So good. <laughs> okay, I have one more thing before we move on to the rest of the album. We're just talking about two songs. This is why we needed to break up Asia and Gaucho into two separate episodes, because this was not going to be... <laughs> I have one other thing. It's about a mystery. Oh? The mystery, the mystery of the missing master tapes. What? In the late 90s, Steely and Dan were trying to put together a remastered version of the album. And they also wanted to do a 5.1 surround sound version. 
because oh, you know they love that shit. Uh, okay. So they found everything. They found all the two inch multi-track master tapes of everything but Black Cow and Asia. For some reason, I mean, the production of this album wasn't like chaotic bad, but it was chaotic good. But it was so chaotic that I guess for some fucking reason, the masters for Black Cow and Asia were not stored with the rest of the album. And what? they're just gone. They Damn. wrote in the liner notes, uh, they explained this all that in, in the reissue that they eventually, they, they did a remastered, but they couldn't, they couldn't do the 5.1 version, right? Because they weren't going to do. Remix it. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> they offered a $600 reward to anyone who found the master tapes, contacted their management about it. Quote, this is not a joke. Happy hunting. <laughs> you know what? This is, they're probably, they probably got lost in the universal fire. Uh, if uh, if mm, nobody's yeah, if nobody is um, like super, would they, would they have been there? Yeah, because like uh, for rights stuff, because they were under at this point. Asia was ABC Records, which doesn't exist. So I guess maybe they could have bought it. ABC status, Records, yeah, was sold, sold to, to MCMA, MCMA, a Universal Music Group. God damn yeah. it! Oh my god, it's always Universal Music Group. That Universal oh. Music Group is one of the biggest. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> There's a good chance those are just gone forever. Uh, but yeah, right, in now 2008, six hundred dollars for whatever I found. Yeah. <laughs> what did you find? I mean, I haven't played it yet, but it says "Cool Hidden Tapes <gasps> XXX." Uh, not. For oh, it's resale. porn. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> they filmed or... porn. <laughs> I Whoa! Found some, I found some porn in the woods, and I'm going to sell it to Steely Dan. <laughs> 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 okay uh but yeah like in, in 2008 there was a big fire um in at universal music's you know vault Man. destroyed a ton of music it destroyed i believe all of nirvana's tapes a ton of stuff by beck oh just um, i mean every i mean there's so gone. much that is gone there's yeah. so much there's movies there's music there's i mean there's so much there's stuff we probably don't even know is gone that's gone yeah like that's a lot of lost it, that's how gone it lost. is that's how gone it is like that it, it oh it pains me every time i think about it so just oh, a possibility yeah. but if anyone can find it and you learn about this challenge that they've put out through us you have to give us half of the 600 dollars. thank right. you this is a contract i'm the mayor that is uh that's probably a really great uh, idea for a screenplay like the search for the missing steely dan um uh masters like you get you get for example like you get jeff bridges and then you get like who's oh, yeah. like maybe like cheech and chong all doing like rat race <laughs> <laughs> yeah get a bunch of old guys all the all the old cool guys who would be really into this challenge and then steely and dan themselves have like a b plot where they're also looking for it yeah they're oh, like well we want six hundred dollars <laughs> One of it's them like, is well, one of them is dead. So, Steve. yeah, but they could do like a thing where he maybe Steve, maybe one of them astrally projects. Yeah, the ghost, of, the ghost of Dan. You know, it's like a helpful. He's like take, a friendly. They take footage from the classic album, uh, <laughs> and just like mix around the vo vocals. I'd like six hundred dollars. Thanks, Dan. You're right. <laughs> Uh, I think we really should talk about track three. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yes, because it's Deacon it's Blues. Oh, loser music. <laughs> this is the ultimate loser song in the whole oeuvre of oeuvre. their loser music. Oh, man. What else do you say? I mean, it's I love Deacon Blues. I love <laughs> it so much. Dance song. It's your favorite. 
It's my absolutely favorite. Imagine one of your one of like your most famous songs being a song that's basically just fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is I I I, I uh, there's so much I could say about this. What I love about it is so when I first listened to Asia, this song hit me like a fucking truck in a positive way. Like drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel is some of the best i mean i la- i like had this like cackle where i just laughed about how fucking cool that was and how loser it was how cool and stupid it was for a guy to want that right like <laughs> got it all planned like, out <laughs> like this character is so funny this guy who's not even a saxophonist he's just wanting to be he's that much of a loser like the first time i listened to it i was like oh yeah he like like my 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 conception of it was like oh this guy he's like this dirtbag he doesn't know he's like got this lame life but he's like he's he wants to be like a steely dan session musician kind of guy but he's this like you know dive bar musician instead and he's like ignore he's like trying to you know something like that but no (laughs) learn to work the saxophone I will play just what I feel I'll play just what I feel like he's not actually playing this he doesn't have this life this life that he wants is also shitty and stupid and not a life he should want. Like I'm going to die behind the wheel because I'm drunk. Yeah. That's my fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) That's what makes the song so funny to me. It's so like, it's inventing a guy to mock about how much of a loser he is. (laughs) Steely Dan were like the, like they were the pioneers of make up a guy to get mad at. Yeah. (sighs) That's how I feel about it, at least. I just, what a fucking idiot. I hate him so much. Uh, I hate him so much. Well, I love the He's song, but I hate loser. Deacon Blues so much. Whoever he is. Whoever he is. I love the chorus, whereas basically they call Alabama the it. Crimson Tide. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love it too, because it's like he he wants to lose so perfectly and in such a grandiose fashion. He he has the worst aspiration in the world, which is to be the biggest loser. The most romantic loser, because right now he's just like a regular loser. And he's like, well, I can't aspire to greatness. That's off the fucking table. <laughs> so maybe I could lose in a really cool romantic way where they give me a neat nickname and I'm like this aging hipster god, right? Like he has this crazy idea of what a like hero's send-off is you know there's a uh spark song that pretty much has this exact same plot that i really love called uh edith piaf said it better than me oh and it's a song about yeah. someone listening to uh jenna uh jenna regret neon fuck that up probably by okay. uh edith piaf and it's a song about having i have no regrets and you learn throughout the song that this person hasn't done shit to have regrets uh-huh. doing anything. Yeah. So it's just like this and Deacon Blues are very much in a conversation of these people are so fucking stupid and awful <laughs> and have no kind of potential for anything that yeah. they that they can't even lose in a romantic way. But they want to. They, they don't even really think, want to. They they want to so bad, but they can't, and they they just don't realize it. They're like tragic figures. They're 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 like almost they're they're Homerian in their epic <laughs> fucking loser. And they uh, hope they hope for things that are so 
banal. They hope like, for things that are so either pathetic or just easily attainable. Like, okay, play the saxophone. It's not that hard. Like, people do learn how to play the saxophone. Hang on, wait, it sit- is hard. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not the really easiest hard. thing in the world, but, like, people do it. It's not like you can't just sit there and go, hmm, that could never be me. It's kind of like the AI art people who were, like, really, like, annoyed about how some artists are like not thrilled about it and they just like they have this entitlement to art of like well not everyone has like this inborn crazy talent where you can just do art it's like you don't have to do it like yeah it's (laughs) not the easiest everyone has to do it (laughs) right but also like not everyone has to do it a so like get over that and b it's not you could like commit a lot of time and maybe do it like just just do it just play the saxophone Nikki is out here like, you know, people don't want to play saxophone anymore. They don't want to work anymore. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely yeah. It's like I'm on I feel like I'm on Twitter all of a sudden. That's definitely what I said. People want participation saxophones. everyone wants participation saxophones, and I'm sick of it. Uh yeah, so I I think maybe there's like a I saw I like reading other people's interpretations of Steely Dan songs because a lot of the time they're just like, where did you even get that? R slash Steely Dan is very funny for interpretations. (laughs) Um, It's Reddit. (laughs) It's Reddit. Yeah, it's hard. It's kind of, that's easy. That's that's low hanging fruit. Um, But the verse, you know, that starts with, this is the day of the expanding man, which is a very fun, like almost sci-fi kind of concept, like like a 50s B movie kind of thing. And then the 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 last verse, the, this is the night of the expanding man, right? He's approaching the stand. Uh, I cried when I wrote the song, Sue Me If I Play Too Long. It's like kind of like, well, did he learn this? Did he achieve his dream? No. No. He died, this is, he died at the wheel and this is his uh, death. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to open a, a fetish bar called the night of the expanding man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so good, though. <laughs> Not the first time I've made that joke. It won't be the last, I hope. No, it it's won't. a good joke. I'm I'm going to church later. I'll probably say it to my my vicar. Yeah, vicar. Gonna make it several more times during the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Deacon Blues. Hey, there's some guys on here we got to talk about. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we got Bernard Pretty Purdy on the drums. Inventor of the Purdy Shuffle. Do not laugh. Purdy Shuffle Bernie rules. Purdy. Purdy Shuffle rules, baby. What's the, the Purdy, Purdy shuffle? shuffle? The Purdy Shuffle. We will get to the Purdy Shuffle in a couple songs, my friend. Wait, apparently he's the most recorded mu- uh, drummer. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the most recorded drummers of all time, and they also have one of the most recorded bass uh, bass guitarists of all time. Like they got the heavy hitters. They got the tanks of the music industry. Holy shit! Yeah. So. Purdy's on drums. Purdy's uh Purdy's all over the stand fucking piece of shit. I love it album. Uh Lee Rightnauer is on guitar. Lee Rightnauer. You're starting to make up guys. Captain Fingers himself. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you're starting to make up guys, Nikki. <laughs> Leader of Friendship. The two self-titled albums, both called Friendship. Neither of you have heard it. These are Nikki's glove shittos. God. <laughs> you people have no culture, I swear. <laughs> You don't even know who Lee Rightnauer is. Anyway, um, it excited me, uh, and I knew it would not mean anything to anyone else. Uh, check out Friendship. How do you spell this man's name? 
uh, Lee, L-E-E. And then, yeah, right now, uh, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it. R-I-T-E-N-O-U-R. Okay, I got him. That's like how if... an Australian says right now. <laughs> right now? Or... <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, hold on. Friendship Jazz. Friendship Band than the newer one. Yeah, there's a, there's okay. I'm I'm linking. Can I link a is does Zoom a have chat. like a chat? Yeah, there's okay. a chat. I'm linking. This is this. There's an important. There's an important thing about Lee right now. Okay. There's a reason I'm bringing it. Everyone oh, click on this and listen. Oh, to I know it. what this yeah, well, is. Well, you better tell us right now. Or... Okay. Click on it, listen to it, and be like, "Hey, where have I heard that riff before?" Oh my god! <laughs> I know what that is. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Seriously. Yeah, so you this, wrote that. <laughs> this is where this is where Koji Kondo got this riff. Holy shit! Koji Kondo was huge into smooth jazz. If at the Steely time. Dan had not gotten together and made Asia, I don't think that we would have had Super Mario Brothers. The Super Mario Brothers Underground theme. So yeah, for those listening at home that didn't, I don't know, pause and figure out what I was trying to fucking talk about, I guess I'll explain it to you. Uh, Lee Reitenauer was in a band called Friendship, smooth jazz band. They have a song called Let's Not Talk About It, which I love that that's the name of it. <laughs> um, pause pause the episode, listen to Let's Not Talk About It, and realize <laughs> that that is the Super Mario Brothers underworld theme. I'll pause, pause right now. Now. Okay, now they're okay. gone. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> God. Okay. A bunch of idiots listen to our show, I bet. <laughs> oh, they're, they listen to me when they pause the episode? What are they going to... So it's like Dora the Explorer is like, oh, where's the orange? And they turn and they tell, they talk. It's like Wait, that. hold on, wow. Nikki. They're they never going to unpause because you didn't... Oh, no! Oh, oh, good thing they won't hear me insult them. Oh. Okay, let's assume they've unpaused. Okay, okay. welcome back. <laughs> um... Anyway, thank you for listening to me and my instructions. You're so compliant. Thank you, audience. You're so beautiful. I want to kiss you I love you. All. you. <laughs> okay, we're getting weird. Uh, uh, so that's Lee Reitenauer. I was very excited to see that he <laughs> played guitar on Deacon Blues. It was like, it was big for me. Peggy. <laughs> One syllable too long. It's Peg. <laughs> Peggy. Peggy. Yep. This is a song about the, our favorite King of the Hill character, Peggy. Peggy. Peg. Uh the Peg fucking rocks. Uh I was listening to Peg like half asleep earlier today, uh, when um when I was doing the final listen for this. And I think I might have dreamt this, I'm not sure. Uh that Nikki told me they had a story about Peg. Uh oh, and yeah. I said, wait, before you tell the story, now are we sure? I said you're not going to tell me it's about pegging, right? <laughs> and uh unfortunately it is not about pegging oh so <laughs> i mean it's that's the thing is like can you really say what a steely dance on is like fully about because they like to leave it up to interpretation but i'm almost confident it's not about the act of pegging disagree. i'm very sorry disagree disagree, disagree. okay disagree let's hear it peg proof yeah let's hear it peg. proof great song <laughs> Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I like your pin shot. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a fake penis. Uh, Fair. They named their band after a fake penis. So that's, yeah. I'll give you that point. Yeah. Uh, Peg, it will come back to you. Oh, it comes on your back. Coming yeah. in the backside of you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, Maybe it is about pegging. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> I put, don't, don't put in that I was wrong. I was right. 
uh, good. So actually, this is a funny, I will say uh, that's true, but also it's also about a different thing. Uh, I think last episode, I, 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 I talked about how the Royal Scam felt a little bit like they were building jazz in a laboratory from first principles. Yeah. They were building the jazz fusion in a lab, right? And Asia is very, it's a very clean sounding album as well. I mean, this is, I mean, the production of this album we haven't talked about. It's stellar. I don't know. It's a good sounding it's album. It's so fucking clean. And, uh, but it, there's more warmth to this one. It, it feels livelier. The whole album feels more alive. Peg is a really, I mean, Peg is the heart of the album. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. What do y'all think? It's definitely the poppiest song on the album. It's the most pop. It gets the most pop, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, but there's also like a little bit of that Steely Dan kind of perfectionism still there. Right. This is in- exemplified in uh, Donald Steely Fagan revealing in 2020 about Peg. There's quote, there's no hidden meaning. We just wanted a dotted half note for that spot. And Peg was a short enough name to fit with the music. <laughs> they didn't didn't they initially think it was about peg at whistle yeah but yeah and then they the band said that like it's about a real person but not her but no donald steely was like nah we're just fucking with you we just needed a short sounding name yeah i mean the, the story like, of peg yeah. at whistle is nuts oh god yeah <laughs> i don't that's that's a whole podcast yeah uh, she oh. was uh welcome to the true crime podcast picking up something good oh, uh limited no, event podcast about <laughs> dead people no uh, um she came from she came from england lady give me the true crime (laughs) (laughs) she she came from uh england uh she was she came to be a star um in uh in here in la um -hmm. you know uh it didn't work out and she jumped from the h in hollywood (gasps) land oh no oh i've heard about that in passing like you know people like artists those Horrible people we call artists will make glancing references to that, like Peg, allegedly. Um, I didn't know that was about a real person, though. That's sad. Yeah, Peg at Whistle jumped off the H back when it said Hollywoodland. There were extra letters she could jump off of, and she chose H for yeah. hidden, didn't, hidden, didn't act in any movies. <laughs> Uh, that was mean. Sorry, That's Peg. Mean. You gotta cut <laughs> that. Was, that was hey, come on. Oh, boo, <laughs> tomato. Oh. <laughs> Actually, no, keep it in. I say keep it in now. I'm thinking about it. Uh, it's yeah, we, we get a little we get a little dark. We're we're becoming a little bit the gaucho here. And yeah, there. We're, we're we're this is the dark side of our yeah. podcast. Uh, Michael McDonald's in this one. Yeah, he is. Are you fucking kidding me? So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rose, tell me, tell me all about your feelings about Peg and Michael McDonald. Oh, no, just immediately. The first time I listened to this song, it was that moment of is that? Is that Michael McDonald? Is that Michael McDonald? And then, <laughs> and then just like looking it up. And it was that was what like set me on the thing of like, oh, they have musicians, capital M musicians yeah. in their band. Cause I didn't know. So I don't, I still don't know a whole lot about Steely Dan. I just really love their music. Yeah. But like the more I look into it, I'm just like, good lord, they worked with some Titans. Hell yeah, there's yeah. some depth. There's some depth in their in their uh in their roster talking Got about it. baseball words. Uh Michael McDonald. Uh what would you play? It'd be DH, I think. It's Michael. Yeah. It's Michael. Oh, yeah. It's Tom cool. Scott is also on Peg, our friend Tom Scott. Do you know what he plays on this? What? The Lyricon. The what? No. 
Wait. The Lyricon is an electronic wind instrument, the first ever electronic wind controller to be constructed. God damn. That's awesome. This is a really weird thing. Uh, approximately 200 units of the first model were made, handmade, and 2,000 units of the driver as well as the second model were manufactured. Oh, wow. They were made in, the patent was filed in the early 70s. The first ever Lyricon was completed in 1974, and the first customer was our good friend Tom Scott. Holy crap. Yeah. So that was his. Uh, This was, it was invented before MIDI, so it couldn't, it didn't have that when MIDI came around. Uh, But then a bunch of people tried to, like, midification it up. But anyway, so the business that made it went out of business and the inventor died and didn't really teach anyone how to fix them. So did he also jump off the H in Hollywood then? No, (laughs) I think it might have been just he was old. (laughs) Um, Maybe it was a Lyricon related death, you know, like how inventors sometimes get killed by their own invention. Um, Oh, yeah, he got too much wind. He got too much wind or something. I don't know. Uh, It's also on Billie Jean. Uh, played by, you guessed it, Tom Scott. Tom Scott wrote sh- Billie Jean? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, that's what <laughs> I said. At this thing, and I'm more impressed by the actual... Uh, uh, the synthesizer. I'm, yeah. I'm more, yeah, I'm more impressed by the actual synthesizer than the instrument itself. That's yeah, because the instrument's just the controller like a, to this. Yeah. That is so wild. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I, me neither. I think in general, uh, Steely Dan had kind of a, um, they had a sense of humor about this song. Oh, yeah. Because funnily enough, it was used as the theme music for a celebrity paparazzi segment by Entertainment Tonight (laughs) from 1981 to 1985. So they were approached about this. They were like, yeah, sure. Fuck. Yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, we get royalties. Yeah. Okay. Have it for your little show. Go ahead. Steely Dan, the John Carpenter of music. that's um, so fun love that i also think about how this song shows up a lot in uh i forget which de la soul song it is but it's something i know three feet high and rising oh yeah, yeah the song i know uh, yes. oh my god oh you know what song it is yeah i know what song it is um uh, it's no i'm just it's the song's called i know yeah i know that's yeah who's right. on first <laughs> oh my god my mind is blown hell yeah jeepers there's wow. actually a lot of, there's a lot of cool samples that come from asia i think yeah mf doom Samples uh, Black Cow. That's right. Gastrols. I love Gastrols. Yeah. And he, 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 you know, chops up the chorus a bunch. It's great. Um, Yeah. There's this, there's a lot of really good musicianship in here that you can, I don't know, Mace, we're working on that thing, that secret sort of. We can sample maybe. Project maybe. Maybe We sample. I mean, it's, it's, it's in genre. So I don't know. Maybe. We we can sample from the Hat album. No, scary. <laughs> my husband hates this song. My husband hates Peg? Japan. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but he did. We were talking about it earlier today, and I was playing uh, Gaucho, mm-hmm. and he just made a face that is the face <laughs> of someone who doesn't like what's happening in the room. Yeah, that's the that's the face my girlfriend makes when I play her Steely Dan. Uh, and he said something that I. A, agree with. B, I think is ultimately one of the best descriptors of yacht rock in this entire genre of music. He says it's, and this is for all of our uh, Southern, all of your Southern listeners. 
Uh, this is Win Dixie music. Fuck! Ooh, <laughs> ooh, low blow. Oh, because of Steely Dan. Here's the thing. He's kind of right. No, he's not wrong. Well, so yeah, <sighs> that Win Dixie marketplace themes. Yeah. Oh, this God. this actually is though because a lot of the times they'll just listen to how smooth the music is and not pay attention to the lyrics. Yeah. Oftentimes, the Steely Dan lyrics are uh, not Win Dixie lyrics. I will no. say, <laughs> uh, "Home at Last" though that would probably work in Win Dixie. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. No, it hey, wouldn't. hey, Mace, you were asking about the Purdy Shuffle. Yeah, what's here's the a big shuffle? heaping fucking spoonful of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the pretty shuffle. That's Purdy on the drums doing the shuffle. I'm that's pretty Purdy sure that's the, the shuffle, right? Purdy doing the, the shuff. He's he's beaten off on the track. He's Put beaten off his drum on, on the his track. name. That's so mean. He's in the modern drummer hall of fame, Mace. I've been mean to several people this episode. I don't know what's happening to me. His signature like use of triplets against a halftime backbeat is a legend in the drummer community, <laughs> Mace. A party shuffle video kind of went viral last year. It's yeah, that's how I know about him. <laughs> I actually have never heard the party shuffle, but yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good drumming on this track. I saw that. I saw that video, and I was like, "All right, let's see what he's what he's all about." And then, if you go to his Wikipedia page. Go to his discography section. This is not even all of it, I'm assuming, but it's nuts. He's drummed on uh, everything, everything, I guess. Bernard Purdy. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It just, keeps, oh, it just goes on and on. Holy oh. shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Who is oh. Wolfpack? Wolfpack is a band. They're an American Wait, he funk band. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've never heard I've I've heard of Wolfpack. I've never heard Wolfpack. Oh uh, Mace, you're doing a Steely Dan podcast with me. You should check out Wolfpack. I'm so, so I'm just looking up some of these. I did not realize Bernard Purdy was also on Pieces of a Man. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can go through his discography and just go, just you find something every time you look at it. Oh my god. Good lord. So here he is doing his famous shuffle, putting putting in the work, putting in the hours, <laughs> taking what's ours. Um, I love Home at Last. This is, I, when people kept saying, like, we got a question from the mailbag last episode of, like, why don't people who like Steely Dan sometimes want to admit that they should like, they should also like Yacht Rock? And I was like, I don't really get what you're talking about. I understand. I think Home at Last is kind of like, it's like proto yacht rock, but it's like yeah. It's, but it's like yacht rock if it was a little, if it was a little dark. It's kind of dark. It's more like like canoe rock. <laughs> but if it's about to capsize, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's fine. I because it is apparently an homage to the Odyssey by Homer. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's it's it's got a bit of I mean a bit. It's pretty melancholy. So like yacht rock is usually when I think of yacht rock, I think of something very light. Right. Like sailing by Christopher Cross. Right. Sailing takes him away. He doesn't ever get caught in a storm in any of his any of his sailing songs. You know no. what I mean? Sailing is all, Christopher Cross is all chill. These guys don't know how to fucking sail. Um, I'm, <laughs> I get mad about this song because I'm I get mad about it because these assholes are not sailing. They first of all, they don't know how to sail. And second, you know where they probably read the Odyssey for the first time? Bard goddamn college. Oh, uh, it's always that college. I am 
I was talking to my partner the other day and I, her dad went to um, Rensselaer Polytechnic in, um, in uh, I believe it was, it's Albany or Rochester or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, hey, maybe your dad would be like a really good Steely Dan guy because he's from upstate New York. They're from upstate New York. They'd probably get the all the um all the bard references, inscrutable shit that they talk about. <laughs> yeah, did it work? Uh, I don't know. Um, okay, it, well, this is uh, get getting your partner's dad into Steely Dan corner. We'll return. Uh, hopefully, hopefully in a couple episodes, we'll see how that goes. Well, this is the next episode's the last one. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. They have t- they have other albums. Yeah, there's two more spoilers um but yeah so home at last uh my my esteemed guests what do you think the big thing that stuck out for me was the synth solo on this sounding very much like a saxophone at first and i thought that it would have been another appearance from the lyricon but it doesn't seem to be when i'm looking It, it up right now it is not no that is donald steely fagan on a synthesizer i Oh God, I wish I, they didn't talk about it in the classic albums episode. They mentioned have they, they make fun of the synth sounds a lot. They, they seem to think of them as outdated. I think they work great. They're beautiful. I love them. Yeah. I think they're definitely of the time. I think they down, they, they sound like synthesizer sounds you would get. uh, If you were a very creative person in 1977, who would think to put that on your big jazz rock album. Yes. (laughs) Like I think that they're fine, but they, they, they seem to, they, they, uh, I want to know what they, they used. I'm looking. I'm doing research mid episode. Alex, what do you think about Home at Last? I love it. Uh, I think the chorus of this song is one of my favorite Steely Dan choruses. I, I love the little uh, coda of the chorus a lot. That da, yeah. da, 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 da. I love that part. It's um, so it's lush, but without being too much. Yeah, love that shit. Yeah. Oh man, I. Purdy with his shuffle, with his various iPod shuffles. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the shuffles. He throws all his iPod shuffles on the on his <laughs> drums. Um. Oh. Also, I can't even. I forgot. We see. There's so much I want to talk about about every one of these songs. I'm going back to Peg for a second. Uh, you'll get this if you watch the classic albums episode. But the uh, Chuck Rainey on the bass on Peg. I'm sorry. I'm going back. I just. It's so funny to me. Because I was listening to it, and every time I hear it, every time I hear the chorus of Peg, I think about it. So uh, uh, Walter and Donald told him, like, hey, like the big thing in this kind of jazz rock kind of arena that they've sort of built up and is like big now, like slap bass is huge. Uh, But we don't want any of that. This is like no slapping. And Chuck Rainey was like, well, that's stupid. Peg needs slapping. And so he decided uh, to himself to sneak it in there. Just a little you can hear it in the chorus. He's slapping it. He doesn't do it in the verse, but it's more noticeable. Yeah, just up. <laughs> when it's more noticeable when it's recording, but when everything is buried in the chorus, he decided he turned away. He like turned away from Steely and Dan so they didn't see him slap. <laughs> and so like they listened to it back and they get like, they get a little bit mad because they were like, we told you not to slap it to bass. <laughs> and then they hear it and they're like, Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we should. Okay, we're leaving it in. This, this is how we find out Steely and Dan uh, do not have object permanence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I mean, because it's like, how do they not hear him slapping? Like, I, I, I don't get the whole like, oh yeah, because it's during the chorus he got away with it. But like, what? They were like, these guys are very meticulous. <laughs> yeah, weren't they recording things like track by track? Wouldn't they have just had him doing it 
Iso- like, yeah. uh, isolated, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Also, I, oh shit, I forget. I, I didn't take notes. I should have done this. I thought I was confident enough not to do this, but there is a song on. No, you know what? I think it's on Gaucho. Never mind. Uh, ignore that. <laughs> There's so much to talk about, and I, uh, we were talking about Home at Last. I love the song. It's, I love the melancholy of it because a lot of this is very. I mean, Peg is very upbeat. So you, you need the bitter with the sweet. You need the steely with the Dan. You need the West Coast sound and the East Coast vibe, you know? That's what Home at Last gives me. Nikki, I swear to fucking God, if what? you don't say they're the East Coast boys with the West Coast sound, I am going to... <laughs> what, did I get it backwards? Got it backwards! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! He's become the gaucho. <laughs> Run! <laughs> you don't like him when he's the gaucho. <laughs> It's me, Bruce Banner, the gaucho. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I think I found some synthesizers that he, he used. Uh, Fagin tells a story about setting an ARP Odyssey, uh, quote unquote, on fire and then eventually throwing it down a flight of stairs because it wouldn't stay in tune for an entire take. Dude, that's on you. Yeah, that's just ruining yeah. a perfectly good ARP Odyssey. <laughs> hey, those things are really expensive. <laughs> Hard to find, like... I mean, you, there's a little knob on it that says tuning. That's on you. If you can't right? find the fucking note, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, they had the money. They they built an entire. Oh, my God. I can't even. No, you know what? This is also from Gaucho. Never mind. I keep mixing up my, my trivia. God, there's just so much. There's so it's so dense, like a like a like a big cheesecake. What? <laughs> like a big, dense cheesecake. This band is. <laughs> What does that not make sense? No, they're like Steely a big Dan and a cheesecake. This like they're like a garbage plate. They're like an upstate New York garbage plate. Yeah, like dense. They're they're garbage plate. They're yeah. Mini- uh, they're 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 like uh they're an East Coast version of hot dish. What is hot dish? Yeah, it's what like are minis- <laughs> the garbage plate? People a don't garbage know plate. Anything. Okay, garbage plate is when you put a. You bunch guys of don't stuff know who a- Lee Right Now is. You don't know what hot dish is. A garbage plate is when you put a ton of stuff on a plate. It's like meat and like fries and shit. And then they expect you to eat it. Oh, so it's like a fat sandwich, but without the bread. I think so. What's a fat, fat sandwich? sandwich. Ooh. So that's <laughs> a Jersey thing. That's where they, oh, you know, you can, humor. you can go to Rutgers, uh, basically anywhere in Jersey at this point, though. But they will look you dead in the eye and go, okay, we're going to sell you a cheesesteak. And we're going to put mozzarella sticks uh-huh. and French fries and chicken fingers and maybe some onion rings and tomato sauce. And then like normal hoagie toppings on top of it and it's all in one sandwich hey hey, rose that sounds like a cookout meal that sounds like getting a hot dog with a side of quesadilla it is no it is very much like it is cookout type meal (laughs) so my oh my god so two things i would i used to make garbage my own version of breakfast garbage plates all the time Mm -hmm. i would take eggs uh, scramble them, make hash browns, and take some sausage and chop it all up, and just put ketchup and mustard on it. And oh, that's good. Put, that's good eating. And it then is. just mix the whole thing around until it looked like a mistake, and then. I <laughs> it. Um, but that just reminded me of the sandwich I usually get from Sheets, and oh boy, y'all, Sheets, Sheets is great. I just gotta say, Sheets has some good sandwiches. Um. Uh, I also want Sheets to play my music on the air. <laughs> everyone loves Sheets. Everyone is like, everyone goes to Sheets once and it's just like a proselytizer of Sheets for life. It must be, is Great. it that good? 
It's so what I get is there are two sandwiches I usually get. I usually get um pulled pork with barbecue sauce and pickles what? on a uh pretzel hmm. roll, uh Damn. toasted. Uh <laughs> and my other thing, which is the most untenable, uneatable in terms of how my mouth works sandwich <laughs> that I've ever eaten. It is pretzel roll with chicken fingers with lettuce, tomato, ketchup, and mustard. And <laughs> folks, you can't, you literally cannot wrap the thing up. It, it You open it up and it just becomes an open face sandwich. I and used to get a, a Publix sub that was just chicken <laughs> fingers. This it's is just great. sandwich talk. <laughs> We've devolved. Which one of these sandwiches is Steely Dan? The one. The I chicken just finger described. sandwich. Chicken finger sandwich. Yeah, you're right. The one I just described because yeah. there's so fucking much to it. It's hard yeah. to take in, but once you get into it, oh, oh doggy. Oh, 100%. I do. I do. I do want that. Um, I really want. Oh man, I really want that sandwich right now. I'm hungry now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, right, I got see, the news. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> no, we got to talk about I got the news because I got, I, hey, I got the news. You got the news? What's the news? I really want that sandwich. <laughs> That's the news. <laughs> uh, I I have an interesting thing about this. I was, I like I said, I like uh, seeing what, what people, what the, what the Steely Dan community is saying about songs. People don't like this one. Really? Really? I was surprised by that too. There seems to be like a like a sort of consensus that this is the low point of the album. Really? And this I don't get that at all. Has a low I... point? Yeah, that yeah, was that's, that that's was the, the point. other. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, "What are you low point? What the fuck are you talking about?" Uh, which is also someone mentioned like, "Yeah, it's so bad that like they don't even talk about it during the classic albums episode. They just throw it on the end credits." And I'm like, "I don't know. Maybe they just didn't have anything to say about it. I don't know." It's like, <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah, it's, it's like a real slinky, bluesy kind of thing. It's very, it's the most rock. It works. I think it's fine. However, whenever I think about uh, I Got the News, like the song title, this is like, I guess it's Tumblr deep cuts. Um, I think about the, the, the skeleton gif that's like, here's the news. You want the news? <laughs> you I want the news? news? Yeah. Here's the news. Here's the freaking news. <laughs> I love that. And that's what I think of the whole time. And it's like imagining a cool skeleton while listening to Steely Dan is probably like the highest compliment. And like on top of like smoking a doobie while listening to Steely Dan. Hell yeah. Uh, Sounds good. Um, What's a lark? Oh, it's a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm get, like a lot of r slash Steely Dan is like, I hate I got the news. Anyone else? And then everyone else is like, hate for I got the news. What's up with that? Why would you ever say that? <laughs> Um, a lot of people are like, I don't like it until the bridge, which is like, okay, I could kind of see that. That's fair. Uh, but which is like, I think they're wrong, but that bridge, oh, that Michael McDonald's back. He's back. He thought he was gone. He thought he was just on peg. No, he's back. No, he's back. He just finished doing his, uh, his song at the race course and that he's delivery uh, of Broadway Duchess <laughs> rules. Incredible. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's this the r slash steely dan is so i'm putting people on blast now on the podcast just just like i did when we were talking about radiohead you know i i made fun of the radiohead subreddit constantly right um, the steely dan subreddit i've been on a couple times they had the misfortune of and you know if you were alive in 2022 and extremely online you will realize why the calling this is a bad idea um 
they keep calling can't buy a thrill seabat <laughs> oh no it's exactly what the letters are i don't know what that is oh the, hey, the, the pause, reddit song everyone pause the podcast go listen to seabat real quick seabat by hudson to? mohawk yes yeah yeah a little bit <sighs> this is part of the asia episode now that hold on seabat okay hold on all one word <laughs> oh fuck this one <laughs> yeah yeah that's the one <laughs> that's what yeah that that song is called actually the full title is can't buy a thrill this is hudson mohawk's uh tribute to steely dan they keep calling it uh they keep calling can't buy a thrill sea bat and in my mind i'm just like no you can't call it that i know you're boomers but stop (laughs) okay i see okay this person who doesn't like i got the news so here's the kind of person who doesn't like i got the news uh let's see i used to just kind of not pay any mind to songs like turn that heartbeat over again green earrings babylon sisters and even fm okay then do you even like steely dan because those are fucking alzheimer's yeah i'm gonna get mad at this person again when we talk about babylon sisters but that sentence (laughs) feels like an insult what do you think i need to to stop looking at cbat it's just making me laugh (laughs) I need to stop looking at Reddit, r slash Steely Dan in particular, because I'm going to get mad because these people don't have any taste. God, okay. Uh, I got the news. I don't even think was, I don't think it was originally um, recorded for, like, I don't think it was written during the Asia sessions. I know Black Cow wasn't. Really? Yeah. Black Cow was a demo for Katie Light. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to, like, a Katie Light outtakes and demos compilation. And it was like a really, really rough demo. Like he, like Steely had just written it kind of demo of Black Cow. It was crazy. He was doing all the backing vocals himself. And uh, they were just like, no, nah, we got to wait until it fits the vibe with all of the other ones. And the other Steely Dan was like, what other ones? And he was like, I will know when they come. And here are all the songs. <laughs> They're the songs. They're here. And also, I think I got the news was, I forget which one, but I don't think it was originally... Oh, actually, no, I know it wasn't originally planned for this one because there was a there was another song. There was there was another. Wait, hold on. Am I getting my gaucho trivia mixed up again? I might be. Nikki, I was trying to get you to do the Lord of the Rings thing. They were all <laughs> deceived for there was another. I never saw how... I never saw the movies. I'm sorry. That's how we what? Wait, wait, is that a big deal that I've never seen the Lord of the Rings? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're good movies they're good movies they're also very long yeah i so the thing is, is i have tried if it you just take a week look at them as like a big long tv show i have all the dvd extended versions in my house every yeah, holiday take, season i take 12 hours to watch them in one day yeah take take nikki don't 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 listen to Mace. take a week <laughs> <laughs> okay just, yeah that and just and just kind of watch like two hours a day Okay. Yeah. See, and it's it's not for lack of trying because the the, the two times I you know I was I was in a gr- friend group who went, wow, we should watch uh, the whole thing in one go, and everyone's like, yeah, that sounds fun, and it's like late at night when we both decided to do that, and then I I was always the first one to fall asleep because they're so long, <laughs> and it was and we started at like two a.m. Well, so you, I've seen the first twenty minutes of the first one, I think. You don't start at two a.m. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't my decision. You have an eight a.m. call time. And fucking, um, you know, Elijah was number one on the call sheet. We're supposed to be Fair talking enough. about Steely Dan. And- 
I got the news is a good song. Yeah. And I don't get the hate. Josie's good, too. Josie fucks. Josie fucks. You know, she fucks. You know. Yeah, she absolutely fucks. Uh, this is I, one of the hits. I think uh, Peg, Josie and Deacon Blues all charted pops top 30 hit. Yeah, I actually this... have a really sad story about Josie. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, you made fun of a lady who committed suicide. So how much sadder could you get? I didn't make fun <laughs> of her. It just happened. One hundred percent like completely roasted her. Got him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, but what you got? What you got on Josie? A couple, maybe about ten years ago. I, I feel so bad about this. I, I'm not going to mention the parties involved because I okay. feel like it. You know, I don't want to air their business out. You'll tell me afterwards, though, right? I'll tell. I'll tell everybody in the breaks between eps. Yes. Uh, somebody I know, like an, an old friend of mine, got uh, you know, met a girl online on Tumblr named Josie, okay. and they dated for several years and it turned out that this person was a complete fabrication based on the <gasps> Josie by Steely Dan. No. Yeah. What? For this years. Is fake. No, this happened. Oh no. Whoa, hold on. Whoa. whoa, whoa. What? For years. How many? And it, uh, like one or two. And it only fell apart because she finally was going to go visit. And it turned out that Josie was, a fabrication from a Steely Dan song. No fucking for what to what end? What do you mean? Why? I don't know. It was, why do th why do that? It's what I mean. It was very much like you know. I thought I was too ugly to date you, so I created a persona. Okay, okay. I guess. I guess the motive is clear to me now, but the <laughs> the, the, the choice, y'all. Yeah, it was. Of all the people to base yourself on, yeah, I know. But she seems like a, she seems like a hot gal in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my God, that's kind of insane. <laughs> you know, I'm finally gonna hang out with this guy I met. His name is Deacon Blues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a sax player. He seems my, neat. My boyfriend Gaucho. Oh, <laughs> Looks yeah. Can my can my friend Gaucho like crash tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging out with my boyfriend Deacon Blues. He's been drinking a lot today. We're, we're about to head over to a party. Yeah, um, yeah, he's driving. What's the problem? <laughs> this one's got all the funk in it. Not all of it. This there's some funk all throughout this album, but this 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 track, you know, it's got the funk in it. This this has the the Barton funk. What do y'all think? This all yeah. This what a what a what a interesting song to end the album with. Yeah, it's almost. Like I, I feel like no, don't end. Yeah. You know what? Why end? <laughs> it's it's a good leave them wanting more closer, but at the same time, hey, I want more. Yeah. yeah. It it feels. I don't want to say it feels unfinished because it doesn't. It's such. It's like it. Like I can't think of an. There's a. There's very few albums that are so singular and so like such a fully formed package, such as this one, that it feels wrong to say. Well, they could add more. Yeah, the thing the thing about this is uh, nearly all the Steely Dan's albums suffer from the same problem where it feels the ending feels really abrupt. They they have short albums. I wasn't expecting like thir this one's like 39, almost 40 minutes. Yeah. Longer than the the, the previous 3, I think. I think Gaucho's even shorter. Yeah, like <laughs> they 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 get in and out. They get in and out. No, they I think they were living in a place that didn't have in and out. No, no, they did. They were in LA. 
No, they were. That's uh, they were. They were complaining about it all the time. <laughs> Is there any good in and out? I've never no, been. No, it's no. not. It's overrated. I got As it a, here in the Bay Area. <laughs> As an LA resident, it's not good. You have to eat the fries before you order them. Yeah. Uh, the the meat's like okay. It's, just go hold get on, fries. Hold on, hold on. Back up, back up. You have to eat the fries before you order them. That's yeah. when they're good. But once you order them, they're not good anymore. They oh, very quickly. Do you see get the problem? Cold. Do you see the problem with these <laughs> fries? I see the problem. As soon as yeah. you take a bite after you have paid money for them. Uh, yeah. They that's the switch and they are, they're bad now. They get exactly. cold so quickly and so hard. And it's just like, ugh. so this album fucks. This album fucks. Does this anybody else of... have anything to say about? Yeah. Josie. Nah, it's a beautiful <laughs> song. <laughs> See, that's it's like it's... every other song on this album. <laughs> it's just like, well, it's just so good. Why even talk about it? We should just listen. Right. <laughs> um, This is one of the first albums to be certified platinum. What? Oh yeah, uh, platinum came out as a thing. The 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 Record Industry Association of America, a fine upstanding organization, uh, in 1974 was was realizing, hey, we're selling a bunch of albums. We gotta we gotta make sure there's a a, a level for if we sell a million. Did they have to invent platinum for this album? Not for this album. I don't think it is the first. It is one of the first though. Oh, I got excited because I thought they had to invent platinum for this one. And I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, no, this was huge. This is I mean, this is their biggest album, I think, ever. Probably they finally met. Uh, they they got uh, like a big time manager, like a, a, a manager kind of executive guy who was like determined to make this like the biggest album of yeah, the season. It's, it's me, big time Dan, you know, Steely Dan. I'm going to take you guys to the top of Hollywood. <laughs> And uh, he had to be living in a penthouse on top of the Capitol Records building. I've heard your music. You guys love that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're not critical of that lifestyle in any way. Y'all, I looked up what the first platinum album is, and it really depressed me. It is, in fact, Eagles, their greatest hits. Fuck the Eagles. The greatest (laughs) hits? 1971 to 1975. Fuck off. I hate that. I really look at a certain point. I got to be like, well, someone had to have that album. Yeah. Someone had to have the first platinum. The fact that it's a greatest hits album really makes me mad. Like not even that it's the Eagles. Oh, totally. The fact that it's just sort of like a a the fact that the first platinum album was a contractually obligated thing. Like, yeah. yeah, like a throwaway. Like the band yeah. wasn't involved. It was purely the record label just repackaging stuff that would get them an, e- an easy buck. Like that's that pisses me off. Yeah, fuck that's the that rec- shit. That's the record industry in a nutshell, right there, isn't it? It's the it's the blue one. It's the blue one with the things on it. Yeah, the, the I know. I'm looking at the album cover in my mind's eye right now. It's that famous. I mean, here's the thing about the Eagles. They have like five to five to seven really excellent songs. But that shouldn't have to, you know, buoy a career of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that seems I, that sums up the Eagles pretty good. I feel like all the uh, all the ire I had for Peg and Whistle should have been saved for uh, fucking the Eagles. Sorry. God, that was out of nowhere, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're the big time manager guy uh, wheeling and dealing. He had connections with big record stores. And also they were offering the album at a discounted price which seems like, wouldn't that cheapen it? But no, it seemed like it worked. Uh, it's the fastest selling of their albums. God damn. Uh, within three weeks, it reached the top five of the Billboard 200. 
it's their highest peaking album at this point you know like people were you know using because it was sold for so cheaply people were using asia as like fucking they were using it as like posters and they were using it as like uh like sponges and they They would throw the discs around as 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 akin to a uh, frisbee let me get two asias and an eagle's greatest hits yeah (laughs) exactly fascinated by the pre-internet uh means to sell albums because there's stories of i think uh i think it was the judds one of their first albums in the 90s where um i'm probably getting a lot of these facts right but i just remember watching a documentary about like pop music on netflix Mm -hmm. they went into pop country and they talked about the judds and they talked about how like for one of their first albums their record their record company guy like ran to every store and bought every single (laughs) yeah yeah i've heard of that before i don't know if that's the same story but that loaded it up in a truck and like brought it to the signing and like for that reason alone it was like one of the biggest selling records ever (laughs) yeah so there's a lot of fuckery well i looked up like oh it's one of the first to go platinum what does that even mean so i looked it up because i forgot and it turns out that the way that they back then it's different now it's still fucked, but it was slightly less. It's a different kind of fuck back then. They the, they would count uh, albums shipped as sales. So the, an album could ship 2.5 million copies to stores and only 10,000 people buy a copy, but it'll end up platinum because it shipped 2.5 million copies. Isn't that what they do now with like merch sales? They do it, yeah. And also like streams on YouTube, they roll in because- it's- music sales are dead so they're like well we got to make the number bigger uh if it's on youtube that counts as a sale and the music industry is just like really really straight and narrow yeah <laughs> always has been always will be i picked a good career path um <laughs> so uh, yeah uh, everyone loved it people people well not everyone let's check in with our friend robert christgau <laughs> fucking i hate that man <laughs> Robert Christgau of Christ our Lord, yeah. Yeah, initially hated the record before he, quote, realized that unlike the royal scam, it was stretch, it was stretching me some. I don't know what the fuck that means. It was stretching him while noting that he was grateful to find Fagin and Becker's collegiate cynicism in decline. He was also getting tired of the bard stuff, I guess. Uh, however, this fucking asshole, he believed the band's preference for longer, more sophisticated songs, quote could turn into their fatal flaw. Has anyone huh. ever been on Robert Cow's website? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I think, this is it's... not the first time I think I've even mentioned this on this podcast. No, we talk about him a lot, and it's important that we do. <laughs> like, just a daily reminder, you should look at his still active, still updated website. Oh, yeah. And, and then remember that this guy is considered to be one of the most revered rock journalists ever what is, is he, he still giving shit scissors the dean yeah the, the dean, dean of, of rock, rock criticism or something what is his website what yeah it's nuts <laughs> i love how he has a section that's just i i don't even know how to pronounce this xgau says is, it is, that, his, is that his like no because chris is like net sona well, yeah, because like Christmas Xmas, so he's shortening Xgal, right? God, it just looks like shit. Oh, the first thing I see on his goddamn website, <laughs> and it don't stop on Substack. Yeah, his newsletter, three or four times a month. Oh my god! Yeah, this guy, this guy is 
a real guy. <laughs> uh, so he said, seems he said some really fucked up shit about a friend of mine, uh, uh, Sarah Shook, who is actually going by River Shook now. Mm. Uh, yay, yay, yay! Non-binary team. We we got another one. Hell uh, yeah! Welcome to the They Them Clan. We're, but they said some really sending your patch in the mail. Yeah, they said some really fucked up shit about them, and yeah. I just now have a very personal vendetta against this guy. That's his, valid. Shit ass GeoCities in a bad way website. He sucks. He's a, he's a he's a bastard man. Uh, it's just funny to point and laugh when he's wrong about a, 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 a just an objectively perfect album. Like as as a unit, it's so good. Um, I'm picking up one of the greatest albums that's ever been produced. I'm picking up yeah, like top ten probably. Which is weird because all I listen to is like Mersbell. <laughs> yeah, um, interesting. <laughs> uh, Alex, what are you picking up? What's your I'm official review? Up, I'm picking up a great album. I'm picking up an album that is, it's the rare album that you will be able to find for very cheap in a record store. Um, because it sold they, so much. Again, they sold a, a bunch of it. Um, you'll be able to find it very cheap in a record store, in a thrift store. And it's one of the rare records of that era that fi- put, uh, pops up in the thrift store that is one of the greatest albums ever made. Um, if you find a $2 copy of Asia anywhere, pick it up, clean it, listen to it. It's perfect. I couldn't agree more. Rose, what are you picking up? Uh, I'm picking up an album that serves as both a good introduction and a good like uh, testament to a band's talent. I'm mm. picking up an album that got me interested in Steely Dan as a whole yeah this is the album yeah i mean this is the one uh i kept seeing my friends meme about this and i was like fine i'll fucking listen to it i was like oh shit okay i get it now (laughs) yeah uh what else to say except this is like it's close to as perfect uh of, of of a statement as you can as you can get in in this art form we call studio uh production I don't know what else to say. I love it. They're never going to make those Steely Dan sweatpants again, are they? Yeah, they could. They couldn't make Steely Dan these days. You couldn't make it. You couldn't make it these days because of cancel culture. Yeah, Yeah. because of cancel culture, that you you get too canceled. Yeah, you get canceled by doing peg. Yeah, you get you get canceled. Y'all have seen Asia pants, right? I was moving on because I'm mad that I don't have them. (laughs) Wait, hold on. What pants? (laughs) Asia sweatpants. Maze, Google Steely Dan sweatpants and then find the nearest blunt object to hit yourself over the head <laughs> that you cannot buy these anymore. Yeah. Oh my god, I just looked these up. I'm looking for the fuck. I'm gonna kill myself. This is these are incredible. <laughs> god damn yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. That's what I'm saying. What the fuck? Why can't god I buy this anymore? Damn it. Why can't I buy these anymore? That's what I'm. Why saying, would you show me though. something if I can't fucking have it? And that's gonna do it for this episode. <laughs> We're all losing our minds over a pair of pants. I'm like fucking the guy in Uncut Gems. Why would what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, why would you show that to me, dog? <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Asia, perfect album. Basically, basically perfect. What that's are you doing, Asia. listening to this and not Asia? They're $128, so, I mean... Oof. I could buy so many copies of the record Asia with that. That's true, yeah. And then make a pair of sweatpants out of them. Yeah. That'll be my new next DIY project. So that's going to do it for this episode of Asia. I think we did it. I was was afraid that we wouldn't... We wouldn't record an episode worthy 
of the album, but I think we nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, we thanks, to it. Our, it was thanks to our good friends, Alex and Rose. Thank you very, very much. The both of you uh, for joining us to talk about Asia. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> don't speak. Don't speak all at once. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, it's going to do it for, for us uh, as the listener, you listening, it's going to do it for us for a couple days. We're going to release the gaucho episode a little bit. Uh, yeah. But for right now, we'll just say goodbye. Uh, I'm Nikki Flowers. Go to my website, nikkiflowers.neocities.org, and you'll find other things there. Yeah, I'm Mace. I play music as Echo Vessel. Go to echovessel.com, and you can find whatever. I- I'm not going to explain to you what I do uh, because we have another episode to record. Uh, what do y'all have to plug? <laughs> uh, I have a I have a Patreon for my writing. It's nothing fancy. That's about it. It's a well, patreon.com slash roses pasture. There you go. Everyone sign up or else I'll or send else. the gaucho after you. We'll mail you a gun. Oh, not the gun. <laughs> Alex, Alex, what, what are you? Uh... Uh, well, <laughs> what a weird week to be doing this. Um, <laughs> I guess by the time you hear this, uh, Al Riggs as a institution, as a brand, as a music project is going to be dead and archived on uh alrigs.bandcamp.com it is now the official alrigs memorial bandcamp page wow um but uh next week i will be releasing the first release as riggings uh it is a ep of four songs that i recorded in my horse complex studio uh i'm bringing back the cd ep baby <gasps> it's back the sedale oh, <laughs> so yeah you can find that and other things that i put out on my Label Horse Complex Records uh, at horsecomplexrecords.bandcamp.com. Fuck yeah. Fuck Everyone yeah. do that. This do is that. also required. Uh, we, we also run a label called Neodotritis. Uh, we're launching radio in 2023. Uh, things are cooking. Yeah, things are cooking. We also have another podcast called uh, And Also With You. It's a limited event prestige, li- a limited event prestige podcast. Limited as shit that'll come out May 4th. About Star Wars. Um, I'm going to actually watch Andor to cover that and also the play the new star wars jedi survivor game i'm too um, busy listening to asia over and over again that's what i'll be doing and now we're gonna be doing do, doing the little the little gouch the little gouch the little gouch okay, okay. bye bye everyone <laughs>